Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Peter Sherman filling in for Alex Pearson, who's a bit under the weather. I want to talk a little bit about um, sending young people, I won't say kids, although I think of everybody under 30 as a kid, um, sending young people out into the workforce well-equipped or not well-equipped to do the job that, whatever job it happens to be. Because there's an organization called the Higher Education Quality Council of Ontario, HEQCO. They call themselves, they've been testing 7,500 students, a significant number, at 20 Ontario post-secondary institutions. Now, just so that I don't sound too verbose, what's a post-secondary institution? It's something that happens after high school. So we're talking about college and university-level institutions or trade schools, whatever you want to call them. So the the people who go to them are not kids. They're adults who have graduated high school, and they're going to uh, get a professional degree or a diploma or something that qualifies them to go into the workforce. And, and what do we hear? We hear that in these studies, one in four Ontario post-secondary students lack basic literacy and numeracy skills and that means that we've got a problem when it comes to um, who we hire if we're at the hiring level of uh, corporate Canada or how we get a job if we're one of those people. And I'm concerned about that, and so is somebody else. And she is an old friend named Maddie DeMuccia. She's CEO of the Society for Quality Education. And Maddie, welcome. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me on the show. What a pleasure talking to you again. We've known each other for years through the political arena, and now we get to talk uh, about education. And you've heard my yes, setup here. Yes, yes. So uh, tell me, you know, it, does this surprise you, what you hear? No, not at all. I have, I, I have authority to speak on this subject. I've seen it myself. And this is one of the things that drives me crazy. Um, I, I've seen uh, the work that, that's been, you know, passed on uh, as, as being acceptable, uh, and it's not. I've seen assignments from from you know post post uh, secondary uh, schools uh, from students, and I'm shocked. I've got three boys uh, in school, and I I mean I, I I look at some of the work, and I'm thinking that that comes home from from group assignments, and I'm thinking how is this getting passed on uh, to be acceptable? Um, you know th- this study is very concerning, Peter. This is this is a critical situation. Um, post-secondary schools, you know, they require uh, skills assess- assessments for a lot of their programs. So, for example, you know, when a student applies for a school for, for a program, they will get tested uh, in university or in college for their, let's say, their math skills or for their writing skills. And basically, it's like a grade 12 type test in writing or critical thinking or math. And if a student doesn't fare well, essentially, they're put in sort of like a repeat grade 12 course at the college or university level um, that is incorporated in their program. And the question that we need to ask is, first of all, why are these, uh, the, these students leaving high school um, going on to uh, university or college with, without those skills? Uh, well, I, I was going to ask off? you, I was going to ask you, 
Literacy and numeracy are fancy words for essentially reading with understanding or comprehension, Mm -hmm. and numeracy is about math, or if I can put it in the old way, arithmetic. In other words, Mm -hmm. if I say to you 10 times 12, can you say 120? That kind of thing. Right. And and they don't teach that stuff in post-secondary. You're supposed to arrive at post-secondary with all of those basic skills. And our relatively new premier, Doug Ford, says, we're going to change the curriculum and we're going to make sure that kids graduate from high school understanding reading, writing, and arithmetic, as the saying used to be. And, and it sounds like to some people they say, well, that's just nonsense. You know, that's the way things used to be. We don't do it that way anymore. Is, is what's being said that we should be starting to do this again in the way that we used to, making kids learn times tables and division tables, that kind of thing? Are we, are we dropping the ball somehow? Because we can't possibly have a workforce that can face the challenges of today if they can't just do basic math and, and read with understanding. Well, actually, Peter, I don't want to throw teachers under one broad brush, uh, but I will say this. Th- this fault, at, certainly at the college and university level, this is the fault of those, those programs and the teachers that are passing these students knowing full well that these students are not qualified, uh, that, that their work does not qualify them to pass on to the, next, uh, to the next course or the next grade. And I have had conversations. I've had at, at one conversation, a personal conversation, with an associate dean from a college who admitted that students in one of the programs were being awarded marks that they did not deserve. And I believe it's because a lot of colleges and universities, um, it's human nature for them to want to, you know, present their, their, their students as, as getting great marks. You know, this is a great program. Look at what we're churning out. We're churning out these smart students. And that is not the case. And I think that, it, that, that, that the onus is on the teacher to say, look, you can't put a sentence together. You can't put a verb tense together. You, you don't, you know, incorrect punctuation, fragmented sentences. I've seen some students, Peter, that um, come very close to uh, to what's called patch writing, which is a form of plagiarism. They don't understand, the, you know, how important that is to avoid. You know, there's an understanding, a lack of understanding of the course content. So whose fault is this? Well, it's not the student's fault. They're just going and paying a lot of money to get a secondary education. And if I'm paying a lot of money to get a secondary education, I don't want to have a repeat grade 12 writing or math course. And I certainly want to get a mark that I deserve. I might not be happy with that mark, but I'm at least forced to work harder or to maybe say to myself, you know, maybe this program isn't for me or maybe secondary, uh, you know, post-secondary post, uh, education might not be for me or there's another way. But we have a responsibility, certainly our educational institutions, to our citizens to make sure that they're doing very well and that they have those critical thinking skills because it's so unfair to those employers. And I've talked to many employers who say, you know, the, what is they're, – they're shocked at, at just the lack of understanding um, well, I'm confused. I'm I'm totally mm-hmm. confused. I'm confused by how they got in. I mean, if if this test was administered to 7,500 young people who attend 20 various and sundry institutions of post-secondary learning in Ontario, I mean, we don't have that many, so I don't know the names of them, but I'm presuming there's some names we know and love, uh, whether they be community colleges or university-level institutions. And I want to know how those kids got in because what I'm reading of the test uh, says that it, it wasn't measuring whether students could read or do arithmetic, but whether they could take written or numerical information and use it to solve problems. In other words, maybe they can do 10 times 12 and come up with 120, 
But if I give you a problem to solve, you know, the old two trains are coming at each other in the opposite direction and one's doing 70 and one's doing 80 and uh, they've been running for this long. What At what point do they meet? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's a practical problem that reflects uh, some kind of math skills. And, and reading the problem is a literal problem, so it's a literacy problem. If you don't understand it, you can't apply the math skills. So I hope I've given a proper example. My point is how do you get into university and study to be – Maybe engineer would be a wrong example, but let's say uh, um, go be a po- studies. Uh, okay, studies. just go for a BA yeah. or a BSc. So mm-hmm. undergraduate mm-hmm. studies. How do you get in and do that? How do you actually get in the door in the first place? Well, that's a really good question. How do they get in? That's the essential question, right? And so, um, you know, I I I don't want to have any conspiracy theories here, but you know these these colleges and 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 universities rely on a lot of public funding and so they need to to have their students they get a lot of money from foreign students for example um it's like a business model so you know it, it, it for, for them to to you know to sort of brush that aside and say well look you know well you can come into our program then that that makes sense from that model from that perspective but an educational institution should not be run like a business at all uh if we want to have the best, uh, the best workers out there. Um, and so one, one of the things I want to mention as well, uh, Peter, is the, is, is the discussion of EQAO, because EQAO, as you know, in Ontario, measures, uh, you know, a student's uh, grade level. At, at the, the elementary and high school levels. Right, right, yeah. right. So, and those are very important. There's a lot of criticism recently, you know, let's get rid of it. I think even Doug Ford himself may have hinted at it. And now is, after this study, I realize more than ever that, number one, we should not get rid of it. Number two, it's got no teeth as it is. But now that we know that a lot of these employers are saying, look, you know, we're not really getting a lot of these uh, new graduates who understand the material at work here. Maybe now we should start saying, let's take EQA a little further, EQAO a little further, and maybe let's give it some teeth. Like, what could we do with those results? We know In other words, give them a real test. Exactly, exactly. Because again, uh, it's a real disservice to the student and to the employer when you're, you know, graduate, when students are graduating and they're not capable of understanding the material or how to do the basic, uh, basic test, you know, it's very, it's very worrisome. And, uh, and I think that this, this is, is not just, you know, limited to, to employees. I think, I think, you know, even parents, you know, they, they have a stake in this as well. It's I, more I, than I mean, worrisome. It's absolutely critical. And one of the authors actually said, this whole thing is critical to national prosperity and progress. And I would have to agree. So I, I hope that we uh, we take the study seriously and that this goes back into the Ministry of Education for uh, uh, inclusion in the churn and they address it as we uh, look at the growth of students through elementary and high school ultimately delivered to the post-secondary institutions, people they can work with and mold. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, I think we should, we should use this information and do some good things. We can think outside the box. You can, you know, for example, was getting rid of grade 13, was that a good idea? You know, it saved money for sure, but, what, but maybe students needed that extra time to, to uh, catch up or at least understand the basics, the fundamentals before they move on. To, to post-secondary school, it's a whole different ballgame. We know that. We've been there. It's a whole different ballgame. It's not like high school. You're very challenged, and, you know, it's concerning. The prof doesn't give a damn about you. You, t- you listen to what the well, prof says, and you go yeah. home. 
Absolutely. That's it. But, you know, the profs also have to make sure that the students are deserving of their marks as opposed to just passing them along. There's a lot of factors involved when a teacher decides, I'm going to give you a good mark. It's good for the teacher. It's good for the program. It's good for the, for the, for the institution. And we need to really take a step back and look at, you know, where, 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 what do we value more, education or, you know, the money that it brings in? Absolutely revenue. agree with you. Maddie, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for coming on board. Thanks for having me, Peter. Take care. All right, you too. Maddie DiMuccio, CEO of the Society for Quality Education, and uh, delighted to talk to Maddie again. I am Peter Sherman, in for Alex Pearson. This is On Point on Global News Radio.